Hello everyone, my name is Patrick Patton and I am your host on Are We Grownups Yet? This is the podcast where I'm asking creative professionals how they built careers in unconventional fields to make a living doing the things that they love. And I'm doing that to inspire and motivate you to do the same. In this episode, I'm speaking with my friend and fellow photographer, Luke Wooden. He's had a really amazing career in the Los Angeles area doing fashion photography and commercial photography, uh, as well as some sports photography. I'm not going to get into it any more than that because he's going to get into it right now. On with the interview. This is what we used to dream about when we were still just kids. Wooden, and I'm a photographer that lives in Los Angeles, and I'm from Portland, Oregon. Born and raised? Yep. I was born in Portland, Oregon, and I lived there until I was uh, probably 18. Portland's beautiful. I love it there, yeah. I, I still live there about two or three months a year. Um, I work up there. Whenever I'd work up there, we'd sort of work for a couple of days and then stay back for a couple extra days. Mm -hmm. A lot of the guys that I work with, uh, anytime I get a job up there, they're all like, oh, can I go? Because it's really, it's just such a fun city and then you, it's so easy to be in portland and like we've actually wrapped a shoot in the summertime it's bright till about 9 30 p.m so you might wrap a shoot at 4 30 or 5 and you can actually be out in a river or a waterfall or on a hike within 45 minutes and hike around for a couple hours it's just a really fun beautiful place and i grew up skateboarding and filming skateboarding photographing skateboarding so that's what brought me down to california as soon as i sort of had like a even a remedial job offer, an opportunity to move down to California, I did. I think I moved out of Portland on Mother's Day, and my mom was crying, like, how could you do this on Mother's Day? <laughs> uh, but I moved down here, and I've been down here ever since. I want to say 17 years. People named Luke, I just always wonder how often you get Star Wars quotes thrown at you and how much that annoys you. <laughs> Uh, when I was younger, people always used to say, oh, Luke, use the force, or I am your father. Um, Which is a misquote. Yeah, I am your father. Um, yeah, so, they, they, people would often do little Star Wars quotes, but as I get older, not as much. And also, I didn't really mind, because I think Star Wars is awesome. I was always a big fan of Star Wars. So when it, if anybody ever says, you know, hey, I'm your father... I'm like, all right, well, I need to borrow some money and I need to borrow the car. And that usually usually shuts them up. <laughs> well, the reason I ask that is because I always think that every time I run into somebody named Luke, but I don't do it out of respect because I figure they get a lot. So that was my reverse engineered way of, oh. at, of <laughs> bringing that find, up. You're just trying to find out how mature you are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you do much skateboarding still? Yeah, I was actually skating this weekend and I'm going to skate tomorrow with my buddy Ed. We sort of have... Um, uh, the geriatric skate league everyone has to be in their 30s um or if you're in your 20s and you have to have a, some kids so if you're like a 28 year old and you have two kids you qualify cool because you're basically at that point a full-grown man how do i join uh you just gotta show up on saturday and skate <laughs> but we usually like hit one of the parks uh like the local parks or we'll go hit the streets every once in a while and if someone's kind of not feeling it they'll end up filming us and every once in a while we'll get a clip 
Cool. Well, I'm going to start a satellite chapter because I still skateboard down to Starbucks and the gravel in front of my house is just ridiculously bumpy. So I'll, you know, I'll push off as hard as I can and go like five feet and then I'm stopped. I think it's pretty hard to skate on gravel. Yep. But that's all I got between there and Starbucks. So. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. So you just use skateboard for transport then? Yeah. Just sometimes if I feel like getting out and you know. Yeah, we uh, we get in the streets and we try to do tricks. So we'll uh, we'll play skate and we'll skate handrails and um, like little small park handrails and ledges. And we went down to the courthouse last weekend. I uh, did some tricks over this little bench and we set up a flat bar and skate the ledges there. I could never do tricks. I could do I could ollie over like four decks. So my ollie game was pretty strong, that's and cool. that's all I got. <laughs> I could that's do a kickflip and land it like point zero one percent of the time. <laughs> And that's it. Oh no, I could shove it. Yeah, I think I, I uh, when I was younger, I kick flip down ten stairs. I used to be able to kick flip and heel flip down sets <laughs> and um, do shit like that. Cool. Well, your skateboarding game to my skateboarding game is basically your photography game to my photography game. <laughs> I think your, photo- your I think your photography is probably better than just just the ollie. <laughs> <laughs> and you said skateboarding brought you to California. Yeah, when I was a kid, I. I mean, we were like really skateboard kids, so we skated almost every day. And one summer I hurt my foot, and so I really couldn't skate uh, with everybody, but I still kind of wanted to hang out. So I got a video camera, and I, I took my dad's uh, photo camera, and he had like a like an old Nikon, 90, like an N90 or something like that he wasn't using, and I, I took some of his film, and I just was basically the, the filmer for the summer while my foot healed. So we would show up at the spot, and I'd just take some pictures, and I'd start filming. And once that happened, I sort of, even when my foot healed, I was still filming a little bit and shooting a, a little bit. I'd skate and I would get tired and then I'd start shooting. And, you know, pretty soon it sort of developed into something I was doing. And me and my buddies, uh, you know, they like worked at local skate shops or owned local, local skate shops. We had local skate teams. There were a couple pros that I was pretty good friends with. Um, and I would be basically filming them and I'd be sending footage down to companies in Los Angeles. And at the time there was a video company called progression it was like a progression video magazine and it was kind of like a let's say like a lower budget 411 and i would send them tapes and they would be like oh yeah this is great and i we would go to seattle uh, i'd film a lot with jamie fortune and my neighbor was matt beach and i was pretty good friends with mikey chin and there was a bunch of other local guys that were sort of on the scene and people in, in california and new york knew who they were so i'd film and send in footage and we'd make local videos so when I had the opportunity to move down and actually like film skateboarding right out of high school, I was like totally down. So was that something that you were into before this? Like, did you grow up filming, taking photos yeah, or was, was that brand new to you? This, this is when I hurt my foot and started filming pretty consistently was probably in the seventh grade, sixth or seventh grade. So I think probably from the sixth or seventh grade, I've always had a camera around like all the time. And I mean, when you're young, I think you start to develop differently. When you start something really young, I would just, even when I didn't have a camera, I'd be, I would see like the light coming through trees and I would say, oh, it'd be really cool to like film you over here. Or like, sometimes you do these intro sections to introduce the skateboarder in their video part. And it's more of intro. It's not them actually skating. It'd be a cool video portrait and you'd see like shadows on their faces and stuff. So I was always just looking for stuff like that when I was young. And um, I don't think I... At that time, obviously, when I was really young, knew about what fashion photography was or sports photography. I didn't know that was a job or a career at all. 
I just knew that I liked filming skateboarding and, and we were always watching skate videos. So we knew other people were making those kinds of videos too. But I do, I do actually remember this and, and, uh, I don't know how young I was, but it, this is probably even the fourth grade. I remember sitting in Winco foods in like the checkout line and my mom would be like, you know, buying milk or something. And I would see cosmopolitan magazine right there. And I don't know why I would like pick them up and I'd flip through and just be like, wow. And I don't know if it was cause I thought, wow, these girls are pretty or it was just something about like the magazine that I thought was like, holy crap. And that was like, obviously so different than, you know, what was happening in my life, like looking through like a fashion magazine. Mm -hmm. So I think it was just like visually interesting and stunning. So I think from an early age, I was naturally gravitated towards it, but I hadn't made that connection yet. Right. I had a similar experience where I was, you know, grocery store, check out with your mom and they're all at your height. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just, I mean, you know, and you knew the people because in the 90s, there was a lot of celebrities on, you know, starting to come up on the magazines. And so you knew them from TV. And I would just think that's really cool. I don't know. I don't know why I was, I really gravitated to it too. And then my mom would get, you know, magazines. It'd be like, you know, Home and Garden. And I just looked through those and I just loved the pictures. I don't know why. I just loved it. And, yeah, me too. you know, I, I still mom, do. Mom always had Sunset Magazine. That was always around for some reason. And then uh, when I was, when I started to like actually assist photographers, I remember that I actually uh, was an assistant on a Sunset Magazine photo shoot with this photographer named Art Gray. And he was a buddy of mine and he used to hire me when I was a kid. And we like did the Sunset Magazine. I was like, this is crazy. You know, it's kind of weird. When you were doing these films for skateboarding and everything, did you start to branch out and do anything else? Like, did you do any narrative? Any? No, we never, well, we didn't really do narrative, but we would shoot like skits, like little shorts or interviews, things like that. It was all sort of, skateboarding videos at the time were pretty like all anything goes. Like, you know, there were some really talented filmmakers that were doing narratives. Spike Jones actually was doing a lot of stuff with uh, with girl skateboards at the time where they would dress the skateboarders up in like really old men prosthetics and have them do these crazy skits. So like we were exposed to that kind of stuff and we did things similar where, you know, we would you know, drive fast cars and do crazy shit, but not necessarily narrative. Mm -hmm. um, we, we always, at least skateboarding was almost like document, mm -hmm. like being like documentary filmmaking in a way although some of it's staged, like you know you're going to go try to film a trick at this spot. Right. That spot might be guarded by securities in the day, so you have to go at night. You'd have to hop a fence. You'd have to set up lights. You know, you'd, you know, sort of the skateboarder would start doing warm-up tricks. You're trying to find your angle, and then you sort of, you know, then they start going for it, and you're just like... So you're producing like, shoots, and you don't even know it. Accidentally, yeah, totally. And um, and and also, like, we're, like, setting up a shot, right? So you're like, oh, this angle kind of sucks. Let's let's try to shoot from this other angle. It makes the ledge look bigger or it makes the, you know, Ollie look longer or some, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You're trying to, like, make it look more sensational. Uh, a lot of times, I think you go to a, you'd go to a spot and you'd say, wow, this is a huge, like, a huge gap. And you put a camera on it, it doesn't look that big. So you have to sort of make it look like it would be to actually skate it. You know, it has to be like scary looking a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, you're developing your eye your composition, learning about that just totally naturally. I kind of, you know, when I was a kid, my mom would take us down to the drugstore and we'd get those little um, disposable Kodaks. Yeah. <laughs> and that was my first experience really with photography. And, you know, it doesn't sound like much, but I was doing that all the time and you didn't have any kind of settings. All you had was composition. Totally. 
And so I think yeah, and you had flash or no flash. So you would, you right. Would, right. So you'd be like, Oh, I'm going to use a flash in the sun. Right. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Oh, I'm going to use a, I'm going to try to shoot without a flash in my friend's room. And it's like dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I remember when I first started actually reading about the rules of composition and stuff, it was all stuff I kind of already naturally did. I was like, Oh, other people think about this too. You know, where this looks better, This when I put somebody's eye like a third in, it looks better than, or if I put their face over here, it looks better than just center, you know, or, you know, whatever your style is, everybody has different styles and you break those rules, but yeah. I definitely thought about all those things at a very young age. Yeah, I think breaking the rules is good too. Um, my dad my dad always would look at my photography and go like, well, you're breaking all the rules. And my dad was actually really into photography as a hobby, so he was an underwater photographer. So, and also he, you know, he's always had a camera around, but he would, you know, he had this crazy underwater rig and he would go to Bonaire and scuba dive and try to shoot sharks. And at this time he's obviously shooting black and white film. He's shooting slide film, you know, so there's a lot of like learning, you know, like you have to really learn like what you're doing or you just screw up an entire trip. By the time you come home with like 50 rolls of film, you know, you'd spend like a thousand bucks and it all be garbage. So you sort of have to learn quick Mm -hmm. uh, with that stuff. And my dad always used to look at my early photography and say like, wow, you're you break all the rules, but it works. And I didn't really know what he meant because I wasn't learned, you know, learned. I wasn't trained. He said, oh, like I'll sometimes put someone's face like right at the edge of a frame. Like they'll be looking off a frame. And he's like, you're really not supposed to do that. And I was like, it looks cool. Well, I feel like that's the best compliment anyone could give you is you're breaking all the rules, but it works. Because I feel like that's what I'm trying to go for a lot of times where you don't want to blend in and look like everybody else, but you also don't want to make it look stupid. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I think there are principles of photography that definitely help photography look better. And I, I always say there's there's three things going on in photography. There is you taking a picture of something beautiful, right? So that could be you just taking a picture of a beautiful sunset. Well, the picture will look nice because it's of something beautiful. And then there is the ability to take a beautiful picture of something. Might be a plastic bag on the ground, right? But you're able to shoot it in in a way in which it looks beautiful. And then there is taking a beautiful picture of something beautiful, whether you create that or it happens naturally. So if you're able to photograph something that is beautiful in a beautiful way, that's what's going to take it to the next level. And, and of course, there's so many levels to that. People will do that with lighting. They'll do it with retouching. They'll do it with, you know, setting a scene of art. Uh, you could set up a gigantic studio and have the most beautiful lights. And oh, there's a bunch of different ways to sort of approach how to take a beautiful picture of something that's beautiful. And that's what I think you sort of get to like a high level. You'll look at really famous people that shoot pictures, the people that you love, and you go, wow what they're taking a picture of is beautiful and how they're taking a picture is beautiful. And you can find all these different layers of why it's beautiful. And that's sort of what, what becomes interesting because mm-hmm. you can create it, you know, when you were just describing that, I was thinking in my head about your personal work. Cause I've been to your website and all your personal work. It's very, and I think that's why a lot of photographers go challenge themselves by taking pictures of people on the street, random people, everyday people that don't look that special, but you take a picture of them, the way you photograph them, it brings something that you see that nobody else sees. And it's a beautiful picture. Yeah, I think that's one of the most challenging forms of photography is like documentary street style. And I, most of the photographers that I really, really, especially when I first started shooting pictures were obsessed with were 
those kinds of photographers, Sebastian Salgado, Henri Cartier-Bresant, you know, Brassai, the, all the famous Parisian guys, Edward Bubat. Um, there was even a, a guy and his name, his name is going to come to me, but he was, a, he sort of did that, but also he did fashion, but he shot it in that exact same way. And I was like, wow, hmm. I have his book in my library and I'll show it to you. It's super, super cool. Um, you ever seen that documentary on uh, Jean-Luc Sif? That was his name. Jean-Luc Sif is just insane. Did you see that documentary? What's his name? Bill. It's a guy who wrote his old dude that rode his bike around New York. He's good. Oh yeah, he's Bill, friends with Bill Cunningham. Yeah, Bill Cunningham. Yeah, same thing in a way. He was a, a you know street style photographer, but just obviously started naturally. Completely different style than the guys we were just talking about, though. But totally. But uh, he obviously was inspired by that style of photography, right? So he was running around shooting. He probably shot with longer lenses, where a lot of those those guys I'm talking about, the documentary guys, would shoot with really wide lenses, and you're really in the scene. But Bill would also shoot with longer lenses to almost like like the first version of, of fashion street style mm -hmm. where he would just shoot, wow, this woman is really beautiful walking to a couture show. And he would shoot her long lens zoom in on her backgrounds out of focus. And she's like, you know, there's a sense of movement. Um, and then everyone obviously knew who he was. He started getting invited to shows. He started shooting. Um, you know, he was a working photographer. That was like what he did. And I mean, if you probably look through his archive, he shot decades of like such cool stuff. But that stuff's, you know, pretty challenging to do. Yeah, you really, you're not you're not controlling any of the elements at all. Well, the thing about that documentary about him, what really inspired me was not necessarily his photography, but his lifestyle, his just his life, the way he viewed everything. Totally. He, he seemed so like innocent and just wide eyed and happy, and that was just what he loved doing from sunup to sundown every day. Yeah, he was obsessed. And almost like he didn't even know what world he was in. He didn't understand, like he didn't care about the fashion business or anything around it or making I think, money. I think he was interested in it, right? Like he was like, he always had that youthful yeah. astonishment of it. Uh-huh. Where he would see beautiful dress and beautiful women and be like, wow. But he was interested in the again. fashion itself. Absolutely. Not the business or not totally. the... Totally. No, he was the, totally a fan, like a kid, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It was really inspiring. <laughs> I recommend that to anybody. Uh, what's it called this? I forget the name of it. I want to recommend it. Uh, some Just look up Bill Cunningham documentary. I'm sure you'll find it. So what's the most fun you've ever had on a shoot? Um... You know, actually, I, I was thinking about this earlier, <clears throat> just in anticipation that you were going to come over, just thinking about, you know, what are the parts that I really, really like about it the most. And I actually think whenever I'm with, you know, all my my boys, my team, and we're out there uh, on location in the middle of nowhere, top of a mountain, in the middle of a desert, I think that's where we have the most fun. And it really isn't like the, the photo shoot sometimes that is the most fun. It's really just like the camaraderie and just the challenge. Mm -hmm. The adventure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we love, I mean, we, anytime we have a day off in the middle of nowhere, we could try to go do some, some fun adventures and you know, half the time they're somewhat stupid and dangerous. But I mean, we tried to drive across this mountain range in Mexico one time that would, ended, could have ended really bad, but we <laughs> had a lot of fun doing it. Swam out to reefs. I don't know. I like the adventure of it. Yeah, no, I can tell that. I can tell, you know, you're a big go big or go home kind of guy. And, uh, and I don't even think that's my mentality. I just think that's like what we end, it's what ends up happening. Yeah, you know, you get there no, I think that's just a part of your DNA. I just see it when you're on set, even if we're in the studio. I mean, you're not out in a 110 degree desert, but you go big. I mean, I've worked with other photographers and 
I don't know. I just get that uh, impression from the way you work. You want to do everything right. You want to do everything, you know, big and beautiful and perfect. And then, you know, seeing on your website talking about, you know, we we shot at this elevation. We shot at this, you know, degrees below zero and and the deserts that are this degrees. And I don't know. I think I like I think I like those challenges. Right. And and I, I don't know. And I know that we can pull them off because I think certain. I always sometimes we sit around on set and we look around like you know, who else would do this shit? You know, like who else Mm -hmm. is crazy enough to do this? And of course there are people out there that, that are, you know, probably more balls to the walls than I am, but I just don't know who they are, you know? Well, and also the the first time I talked to you on the phone, which I should, I should mention, thank you for, (laughs) I sent, (laughs) I sent out emails once in a while to photographers I really admire and, uh, just ask, can I, you know, jump in on some shoots and learn a thing or two. And, not many of them email me back and you emailed me back and set up a call. I called you and you told me, you know, Hey, you know, I got a crew, me and my boys, we go out and we do crazy stuff and, you know, come out and see if you can hang. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, I always tell people that I go look like, Hey, you know, you may get pulled on something that's intense. Yeah. So if you're just not into it, if you just want to learn, you know, some studio lighting or whatever, let me know and you can come by on a studio day. But you know, if you're saying, Hey, I want to come out on set. To me, that means, all right, well, we're doing a, a job and it's going to be intense. Are you down? And if you are, then that means you can hang. And, you know, there's everyone has their time and place. And I think there are people who are really, you know, great art department people and they do great things in the studio. And it's awesome to work with those those people, too. Not everyone has to go out and kill themselves. But I feel like most of the jobs we do are cha- tough. They're challenging. And so we're, we try to really, really prepare for those jobs like we do a little bit of planning and you want to do a scout and you want to talk with your boys and this is the this is what the weather is and this is the challenges and this is what loading is going to be like and you know how can we make this smart and let's not just show up totally unprepared and set ourselves up to fail um, so that when you get there you're at least prepared to succeed and then you can push through whatever challenges are unforeseen because there's always something that you didn't plan for that's going to happen if you're shooting at eleven thousand five hundred feet and it gets a little bit windy that's a big deal. And, you know, it's hard to breathe up there. People start passing out and I'm getting sick or getting dizzy. So you just have to, you have to plan for all that stuff. And there's no kind of a standard or rule book for yeah, how no to work in that environment. Yeah. Every, I think every time you do it, you get, you learn something that helps you the next time. Um, and I think the, the more challenging a shoot, the more I'm like, yeah, let's do it. I think, and you really want to work with clients and, and creative people that understand what those challenges are. I think if someone's like, oh yeah, we're shooting on top of a mountain, what's the big deal? Like, we'll just show up and shoot. And it's like, okay, these guys, these guys are unprepared to do the job. You really want people who will say like, hey, how are we going to get this done? They say like, oh yeah, that actually sounds like a good idea. Or like, you've done this before. And a lot of times what we want to do is we have to, we're also keeping people safe. Like our, our boys are also, I mean, we're lighting and we're trying to get good photographs, but we're also trying to run a safe production. And if we're putting a big, huge rigs and lights and stuff on top of mountains or, you know, in dangerous neighborhoods, there's just certain things that you have to do to be smart. And, you know, we don't want anybody getting hurt. The other day, a homeless person came out of nowhere and pulled a plastic knife on one of the models. It was like the first shot of the day. Just like pull out a plastic knife and sticks it in front of her face and says like, you know, Satan will kill you. And it's like, oh shit, you know, here, here we go. And now all of a sudden the model's crying and this <laughs> is really scary. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, you just have to uh, always be ready for the unexpected. 
Yeah. I don't know if that's exactly unexpected in downtown LA though. That's true. <laughs> Um, so one of the reasons that I started this podcast is because when I was just starting out, I'm still a baby in photography, but when I was really, really, you know, just starting out, I had no idea what the heck I was doing. I didn't know how to, I, I didn't know how to do anything as far as reaching out, making connections, even getting started. So that's the kind of person I have in mind to kind of give a little, you know, throw a little bit of guidance to. Um, so I want to go back to. When I emailed you and said, hey, you know, I'd love to jump on a shoot, learn a thing or two, what about that made you even bother responding to me? And, and so keep I know, in mind. I, I, know exactly, keep in mind I know exactly why. So a lot of times people will, will just like say, hey, like, you know, X, Y, and Z, like I want to work with you. Or, and I say, oh, that's cool or thanks. But you actually wrote, you like wrote some stuff about yourself, about my work these are the sorts of things I want to learn. I am inspired by you. Here's the reasons why you actually did a very thoughtful reach out. That wasn't just something like a, a, a direct message like, Hey bro, can I come out on set? Question mark. Like that's easy to do. I think if you really want something, you have to sort of demonstrate a little bit why you want it or why you deserve it or why you care a little bit more. And I've had people come out on set and you know, it was very obvious that they just wanted to sit and watch and not, not participate. And that's okay too. But I think, I'm more interested in someone who wants to do it. That's what I like. So when I was a kid, I was the same way. I would, I would say to a photographer, you got to get me out on set. You got to get me out on set. And they'd say, okay, okay, okay. You know, by the 10th time, they're like, all right, well, we'll have this shitty job. I'll pay you 50 bucks and you're going to come hold lights and we're going to do this shoot. Okay, I'll do it. And then it's, you go gung ho. Like if you said yes for 50 bucks, it doesn't matter. You've said yes, we're going to just go all in. So for me, when you wrote me, I said, oh, this this seems like you know he cares and he took a little bit of time out of his day and I think that's important. I think if anybody out there listening says, "Man, I really like this photographer. Uh, I like the stylist. I like whomever it is that you aspire to be like or learn from." I say reach out to them because they actually might say, "Like, oh hey, yeah, come on over." You're never going to get invited if you don't ask. But I think if you ask, put a little bit of effort in and just say, "Hey, this is who I am. This is what I want to learn." this is why I want to learn from you. This is what I'm good at. This, this is how I can help you. You should put a little bit of thought and effort into it. Mm -hmm. It'll go a long way. I always encourage people to just ask. I, I did the same thing. I mean, still me, I'm, I'm, uh, there's certain people out there. I look at their work and go, damn, how do they do that? Mm -hmm. And, uh, one of them ended up actually becoming my buddy. I wrote him and said, Hey, like, you know, you, Actually, I didn't know. The funny thing is I never wrote him. I actually bumped into him at a barbecue. Um, so I, I see this guy. He's like a, he's a photographer, and he's really, really good. And I follow his work. Super, super talented. And I see him, and I was like, holy shit. Like, and he comes up to me and goes, hey, you know, I'm Carlos. And I was like, yeah, like I'm Luke. I know who you are. And you know, we have some mutual friends and a little bit of crossover, so we start talking. We end up talking for hours. He likes talking about photography. So do I. And uh, he said, oh, come down to my studio. And I'm asking him questions. And he's like, oh, this is how we did that. This is how we did this. He, he, was, he was like what I want to also be, you know? Like he's, he's, he's someone who like shares information. Someone says, oh, hey, well, you know, who do you use for retouching? Or, you know, who's your favorite producer? Or, those are the sorts of things that you want to share mm -hmm. with people who are coming up. Uh, because there really isn't a roadmap, like you're saying. But that happened naturally because you already admired this guy. And that's kind of how it was with me totally. and you where the reason it failed when I'd email some other guys is because 
I was doing the first thing that you said, you know, where I'm just like, hey, you know, you're a photographer. I want to be a photographer. You know, let me be a photographer with you. You know, totally. Yeah, let me come. Learn there's that. no, there's no substance to it. Yeah, and I think also like you know, if you're if you're a person, uh, let's say you're a chef, and you have spent your entire life honing skills, developing recipes, and some kid goes, I love all your food. Let me come and learn your recipes. And he's like, Yeah, right, right. He's like, I've spent my whole entire life learning these skills. I'm just gonna give them away to free to someone who I don't even know. I already have a mentor. I have an assistant. Or I have you right. Yeah. But I think there's something where you say, Hey. I really am inspired by you, and this is what I bring to the table. I, I want to work with you because I respect what you do, but and I'm good at baking, right? Mm-hmm. I would love to come bake in your restaurant. And they're just going, yeah, we're kind of looking for someone to do some baking, right? You, you gotta, you're saying like, I am, I'm still learning. I want to learn from you, but I'm bringing something to, to the table, whether it's hard work, a good attitude, skills, whatever it is, equipment. Hey, I gotta, I'm willing to do anything. Then you're like, all right, let's do, you know, let's do this. Yeah. And part of that for the people at home is, is shooting a lot, developing your style, figuring out what you want to do, figure out who you like, what you want, you know, who you want to shoot like. And because with, in your case, I, you know, I create mood boards for all my shoots because I'm shooting all the time. And I heard your name on a podcast uh, that I listened to, the fashion photography podcast, which I recommend for people that are learning. And uh, so I, I heard your name. I went to your website to check it out. And I see a bunch of photos on your website that were already in my mood boards. So, you know, that's a little bit of a sign. I was like, okay, I need to look into this guy. I started looking at your work. I was like, oh man, I really connect with the way he lights, the model choice, composition, like just everything about it, you know, that's kind of what I am trying to do and I'm not all successful with. So I bet you I could learn from this guy. So that made it really easy when I reached out to you to just, you know, it, it wasn't, it didn't take work. So I think a big part of it is just getting to that point where you are shooting all the time. You know what you're trying to do. Totally. You know who you're trying to Absolutely. Uh, shoot like. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're going to shoot architecture and you find a couple architecture guys that are that live close to you that are amazing then you say oh this is you know i'm gonna go try to work for these guys probably invaluable you could learn so much in two years working for someone who is really good at what you want to do speaking of that do you have any role models that you look up to still oh yeah totally i mean there's a ton of people that i think are really really great and i look at their work and i say like oh that's awesome or that has good taste or, or like oh my gosh like i would like to be shooting at you know that long are we grown-ups yet is sponsored by new face magazine check it out at newfacefashionmagazine.com are we grown-ups yet is online everywhere we are at www.arewegrownupsyet.com find us on instagram and facebook as well send me a message tell me what you're up to 